buy a pair of silly socks for $5.95 from now until November 18 to support Ronald McDonald House Charities. The Mac is run. The Mac is run. Live on your home of sport, SEM. Indeed it is. Monday night version of the Macca's Run. Good evening, everybody. Brett Phillips uh, in the chair. You can jump on the Harcourt's open line over the next uh, half hour as we give you a snapshot look at the day in sport. If you've been away from the radio, haven't been listening in to SEN, a lot bubbling around on this uh, Monday. So we'll give you a little drive-by for the next 25 minutes or so. Harcourt's open line, one 736 736 For all things real estate, you can speak to Harcourt's. Your move, your Harcourt's. If you prefer to jump on the 40 Wings temper text tonight, you can send those through 0433 98 11 16. The all-new Temper Pro. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. Uh, Brett Phillips in the chair. Of course, the first serve up after 8 o'clock uh, tonight. Uh, tennis staple. It's uh, 15th year. Always a delight to uh, talk the world of tennis. We'll round out your Monday with the sporting capital. Some of the best chats of the day a little bit uh, later on. Plenty bubbling around by the hour, particularly in the world of football. Obviously, a lot of scrutiny at the moment around the Melbourne Football Club. And, of course, tomorrow morning on SEN Breakfast, uh, Gary Pert and Gary Lyon will be going head-to-head. But uh, the Melbourne CEO, Gary Pert, just a short time ago, has issued a, a club statement. So I wanted to share that with you, dear members and supporters. Over recent weeks, there has been a lot of media coverage and subsequently supportive feedback to the club around alleged behaviours of two of our AFL players, Clayton Oliver and Joel Smith. It is entirely understandable that supporters would want to know if these are isolated behavioural issues or whether there are a reflection of a broader cultural concern. Separate to this, it's important to also put to an end, once and for all, the false rumours that have been circling for three years in the media about our AFL senior coach, Simon Goodwin. I'm sending this update because we understand how unsettling it is to be hearing rumours and media coverage about our players without a true and balanced view from the club. Let me start with the player behavioural issues that have been recently in the media. Clayton Oliver. On the 6th of October, we advise supporters that while we'll continue to support Clayton with his complex personal challenges, he, like every player, must meet our off-field club standards and disciplines if he is to remain as part of the program long-term. The club is aware of the personal challenges that Clayton has outside of football and key club experts will remain part of his daily support team. I want to be clear that the current conversations we are having with Clayton are not related to these challenges, but rather his ability to make disciplined life decisions, reflective of what is expected of all our professional athletes. Club leaders have been clearly outlined, uh, club leaders have very clearly outlined to Clayton the behavioural expectations that we have of him, and these behaviours will be reviewed on a regular basis. It is the player leadership group, as well as Alan Richardson, Simon Goodwin, and myself who will decide if Clayton is meeting minimum behavioural expectations. In some ways, AFL football programs are akin to a large family. While honest feedback is often difficult, this approach will give Clayton the best chance to thrive within our high-performance environment and the best chance for him to have a long career at the Melbourne Football Club. Joel Smith. Supporters are aware that Joel is currently under investigation by Sport Integrity Australia and the AFL. During this time, he is provisionally suspended from any involvement with the club. The club is not privy to any specific information relating to the process 
and is not authorised to give any updates to supporters until a final outcome is decided. Joel is aware that once uh, club leaders receive the results of the investigation, they'll then determine if any further action is appropriate based on cultural standards and expectations. As supporters can see that while both the alleged behaviours of the players are serious in nature, they are unrelated. It would be totally inappropriate to take the accountability away from the players and the decisions they are alleged to have made by blaming either our cultural programs or cultural leaders. Simon Goodwin. I wish to address the three years of allegations and innuendos suffered by Simon Goodwin, which are completely without basis or truth. I personally investigated the matter and did so by methodically interviewing every person that I was aware of who had spread the initial rumours. All admitted there was no basis to the claims that were simply passing on uh, what they'd heard from others. The only valid information was that Simon was seen having a drink with some of our player leaders at the Sorrento Hotel, which was hardly surprising given his strong relationship with the players who were holidaying in the area over the summer break. The ongoing embellishment and spreading of untrue rumours have placed an enormous stress and mental toll on Simon and his family over the last three years. It is totally unacceptable and it must stop. AFL High Performance Culture. There has been a lot of talk about our high-performance culture from people external to the club. I'd like to now spend some time outlining how important our cultural programs and our cultural leaders are to our on-field program. Our AFL program has a very clear and strong high-performance culture built on two fundamental elements. The first is a commitment to value-based behaviours and standards that apply to everyone. The second is a commitment to performance excellence. Everyone in our program is clear on the expectations of both elements and they fully understand the accountability that is required to build a program to compete in the elite AFL competition. Overseeing the high-performance program are two of the most impressive cultural base leaders in the AFL in Alan Richardson and Simon Goodwin. Aligned to Alan and Simon are our senior player leaders, Max Gorn, Jack Viney, Christian Petrarca, Angus Brayshaw, Jake Lever, Alex Neil Bullen and Christian Salem. They are driven and bolstered by our emerging leaders in Tom Sparrow, Kay Chandler and also Charlie Spargo. Collectively, this leadership group has rebuilt the high-performance culture that directly led to our 2021 AFL Premiership, a three-time consecutive top-four finish and a permanent fixture in the top eight for the past three AFL seasons. When you think about the Melbourne Football Club's AFL program and assess our culture, These are the individuals you should think of. These leaders obsessively drive our culture every single day and are the group committed to delivering future success. Unfortunately, a strong culture does not guarantee that we will not have isolated behavioural issues from time to time in the future. This is not a sign of the fractured culture, but an opportunity for our club leaders, including myself, to take responsibility and reaffirm our expectations of individuals in a high-performance environment. It is also important that the players who live our standards and disciplines every day see that those who fail to do so are held to account. In no way am I saying our programs are perfect. In fact, there is no such thing. We continually review our cultural programs throughout the year and post-season. We will continue to evolve and move with the changing dynamics of our club and the broader industry. I'm very aware that the recent player controversy surrounding our AFL program have in some cases damaged the trust between the club and you, our supporters. Please know that our leaders, in myself, 
General Manager of Football, Alan Richardson, Senior Coach Simon Goodwin, Captain Max Gorn, Vice Captain Jack Viney and so many others are committed as ever to making you feel proud to belong. I have full faith in our ability to do so. So a short time ago, that was the club statement released by the Melbourne Football Club CEO, Gary Pert. one 736 736 You can jump on the Harcourt's open line, 40 Winks temper text, 0433981116. I just wanted to play you a little snippet that will feature on SEM Breakfast uh, with Gary Lyon in the chair with Sam Edmund tomorrow. This has been uh, recorded. It'll air at 7am tomorrow morning. Uh, Gary Lyon chatting to Gary Pert, questioning Melbourne's culture. I'm not buying it. I'm sorry uh, to both of you. You're telling me the football club is the best culture you've seen in your 40 years of footy. And you're telling me that you've got a high performance culture. I'm representative of a Melbourne footy club supporter base right now who are going, I'm not, I'm not buying that. I hear what you're saying, but it doesn't play out that way when I'm seeing incidents here, incidents there. So when you put a question mark on the culture, you put a question mark on Goody and Richo and Max and Jack okay, and all those okay. players. And, and I don't cop that. So that's just a little snippet. The full interview will air at 7am, uh, tune into SEM Breakfast. So we've heard the Melbourne Club statement from the CEO, Gary Pert. You can listen to that interview in full uh, tomorrow morning for the uh, continuing uh, commentary around uh, the Melbourne Football Club. Uh, Michael Warner, also in the Herald Sun, uh, reporting today, if Melbourne's strategy in its war with the former president, Glenn Bartlett, is to portray him as a troublemaker who unfairly hounded coach Simon Goodwin, the facts aren't proving very helpful. Uh, take this text message sent by Demons Chief Executive Gary Pert to Bartlett on the morning of the club's uh, drought-breaking premiership triumph in September of 2021, six months after his removal as an example. Hi, Glenn. I know I will see you at the game, but I just wanted to say I hope you watch today with real pride. Forget the shit in the media, which I find so disappointing. You rested this club back up onto its feet. You and I know there will always be people rushing to the front of the line to take the limelight when success happens. You made the tough calls and took the hits when no one else was prepared to do that. Now the spotlight is on people uh, who are appearing from everywhere. Many who have done very little to actually drive our performance. In tough times, you did what a leader needed to do. That is uh, a really popular because that is really popular because you are creating change. I hope you feel proud of your leadership and impact on the club throughout your time as president. See you at the game, Purdy. And that was Gary Pert reaching out to Glenn Bartlett ahead of the 2021 grand final. So how does that even correlate with the club's narrative since the boardroom dispute first came to light? Michael Warner in the Herald Sun today. If Bartlett's contribution to the flag was so praiseworthy, why did they get rid of him? In truth, very little adds up when it comes to Melbourne's version of events surrounding Bartlett's sudden departure at the end of the tumultuous 2021 pre-season. According to their latest story, the Demons board had no option but to remove Bartlett because of his relentless pursuit of the coach. That's just a little excerpt out of that article in the Herald Sun today. So plenty bubbling around with the current with Melbourne. And obviously the past is still there in terms of the club's relationship with its uh, former president. We might slip in a break here on the Macca's Run. We'll come back with all the other bits of news from the day. one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the Harcourt's open line. oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. if you want to join us on the 40 Winks Temper Text. 
buy a pair of silly socks for $5.95 from now until November 18 to support Ronald McDonald House Charity. The Macca's Run. The Macca's Run. Live on your home of sport, SEM. Tell me what I could do with a, uh, a pair of uh, silly socks. Noted about that. Going to a good cause uh, too. Welcome back. Monday night version of the Macca's Run. Uh, Brett Phillips in the chair. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You can jump on the Harcourt's open line. 40 Wings Temper Text 0433981116. If you're jamming into the Macca's, the new McCrispy, it's the next uh, big thing. So we've read out the club statement released a short time ago from the Melbourne CEO, uh, Gary Perr addressing a number of issues at the football club, which have been uh, certainly front and centre in the media. Uh, Gary Pert, Gary Lyon going head-to-head on SEM Breakfast uh, tomorrow morning from uh, 7 o'clock. Uh, just some of the other sporting news of the day. Tim Gossage, uh, the great Goss over in Perth, uh, reporting that former North Melbourne and West Coast player and, of course, North Melbourne coach uh, Denny Laidley is uh, considering a return to coaching. Uh, Laidley is believed to be seriously considering putting her name forward for the vacant uh, West Coast uh, AFLW job. And I I heard Tom Morris talk about this on uh, Sports Day a little earlier, who uh, over the weekend had watched uh, the uh, uh, Danny Laidley documentary on uh, Stan. I've got to take a look at that uh, this week. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's an amazing story, isn't it? And I think he was captivated by it. And this would be a huge step, certainly for the industry. I echo the words of Tom on this station about an hour ago. The fallout from Eddie Jones uh, quitting as the Wallabies coach continues to come out only uh, after only being in the job for uh, 10 months, of course. Uh, take two as the Wallabies coach. Uh, Jared Waitley gave his thoughts on the divorce between uh, Eddie Jones and the Wallabies this morning on his program. Eddie Jones has resigned as Wallabies coach and not a day too soon. There's never been a national coaching reign quite so bizarre. Rugby Australia tried for the Messiah coach in a desperate snatch at a World Cup campaign. It ceded all power to a man who embarked on the job as a vanity project, as a personal indulgence, and he ran it as his private fiefdom. His level of disrespect for those he cast aside was matched only by his arrogance. It proved disastrous on the field and worse in the public domain. I am mindful that Jones is entitled to a level of respect for the coaching career he's had over decades. But across his 10 months in charge this time, he has come across as delusional and at times borderline senile. The coach is painting himself as a martyr and it's the worst self-indulgent twaddle. Well, that was uh, Jared on the front foot on his program uh, earlier today. Peter Fitzsimons uh, was on Dwayne's World with uh, Julian Stoop to give his uh, thoughts on the Eddie Jones saga. Let's have a listen to Peter Fitzsimons, a uh, long-time uh, journalist uh, out of Sydney. Look, I'm sad, obviously, for you know the way it's worked out, but I'm mostly, I guess, befuddled. I just cannot figure how a man of his accomplishment, and I've, you know, I've been a fierce critic of Eddie during this World Cup, but I was not a fierce critic when he was put in the put in the job. I mean, the background of Eddie, I played with and against Eddie in the 1980s, and I know him very well. This guy turned into the messiah of world rugby coaching. He took over the Brumbies, I think it was 2000, 2001, uh, thereabouts, and he. Now he got he got them. They won the super title. He he took over the Wallabies. They got to the 2003 World Cup final, only missed by a field goal. Beat World Cup champions. 
In 2007, he was assistant coach to the Springboks. They won. In 2015, he coached Japan to beat South Africa. I mean, the most unheard of thing anybody had ever heard of. So he then, in that year, he takes over the English side that didn't make the pool stage. And within four, then he, he takes them over. They win the next 18 tests straight. And he coaches them to thump the All Blacks in the semi-finals in 2019. Gets to the final, you know, admitting they didn't win the final. My point being, this bloke had a track record of accomplishment in coaching. I described him in the Herald as a cross between the messiah of world rugby coaching and a human cattle prod. It made sense to put him in charge of a wallaby team that had talent but no huge performance. And what I cannot understand is how a man of that level of accomplishment coached the flaming clown car of a Wallabies team we saw in this World Cup. Peter Fitzsimons, always a must-listen, the former Wallaby himself. Just some other footy news around. Essendon's Nick Martin, he's inked a further three years to remain at Tullamarine until 2027. Originally had a contract until 2024. The 22-year-old says uh, said he has uh, played some of his best football over the last two years and praised uh, the Bombers for keeping the faith with him and wants to repay the favour of the club. Having caught a lot of Essendon games this year, he is an absolute jet. Uh, Adelaide have delisted James Borlase, but have recommitted to reselecting him as a rookie uh, for next year. Adelaide have bid farewell to Jackson Haightley, uh, Tyler Brown, Andrew McPherson and Tarek Newchurch, uh, plus uh, Fisher uh, uh, Mackesy and also Paul Seedsman, uh, who, as we know, um, has had all sorts of injuries the last couple of years. I've got two picks inside the first round with picks 10 and 14 in the upcoming AFL draft period. Uh, Tasmanian wicketkeeper Matthew Wade has been named the captain of uh, the upcoming T20 Tour of India. He joined the run home this afternoon to discuss the phone call he received when he was told he'd be leading the Aussies for this tournament. Uh, a few days ago they rang, actually, and, yeah, let me know that I was working out if I was going to be on the tour, to be honest, trying to, <laughs> trying to sort through it and just find out what direction kind of we're going with the T20s before the World Cup. And then, yeah, to find out that I was going to captain is, yeah, really cool. Obviously, I know Andrew McDonald quite well, and he suggested if I go, I'd, I'd be in some kind of leadership role a, a while back. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to get the nod. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Matthew Wade uh, also asked about playing some cricket over in the US as uh, cricket begins to build some steam before it becomes a sport in the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles. Uh, not as much. There's obviously a lot of Indian support. That It's quite big in in, uh, in the US, the Indian support, and with the IPL franchises buying those teams, there was a lot from there. But, yeah, I didn't realise how um, big, I suppose, cricket is in America in terms of viewing audience. I think it's the outside of Asia, the one of the biggest um, <sighs> markets to watch the game. So, yeah, it was really good, to be honest. They turned a field around in about six months they got a curator from um, Adelaide Trent Kelly actually went over there and did the wicket it was it was really well run and um, yeah I think they're going to try and start to get some some stadiums in their home um, home venue uh, US uh, what am I trying to say here New York Mm -hmm. and um, yeah Houston I think they're trying to get a few stadiums built there Matthew Wade, uh, of course, having a good chat with uh, Annie and Gazy on the run home. So just a little snapshot of some of the news of the day. Of course, everything podcasted at SEN, SEN.com.au. You can go back to your favourite shows and listen to anything you've missed uh, throughout the day. Uh, coming up in about five minutes' time, the first serve, a big addition tonight. We're going to go inside what is happening domestically here in Australia with the head of 
uh, Pathways, Lawrence Robertson. The coach of Max Purcell, Cole Smith, is going to join us, our regular college segment. All the latest from the ATP and the WTA Tour. So stick around after the break. The first serve, your home of tennis, coming up. <laughs> 